Hey, sweet mama, do you want to feel patient and calm with your children? Are you sick of constantly overreacting, yelling, and even experiencing mom rage with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night consumed with mom guilt and remorse for your words and actions with your kids? Do you wish you could have daily alone time to feel restored and connect with God? There is a way to take care of yourself guilt-free and show up as a calm, patient, and kind mama to your kids. Hey, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm a stress coach for Christian moms. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and the daughter of the king. Want to know how to become present, peaceful, and calm mama? I'm about to teach you how to connect with God, master your mindset, set healthy boundaries, and be in control of your emotions. My friend, I pray that this podcast blesses you. I'm Elizabeth, and you are listening to Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast. Does this resonate with you? You really wanted to have kids. You thought you were going to be this Pinterest mom that would sit down on the floor and play with your kids or sit down and read books and they will all sit and listen quietly and you would just take your kids to the park and play with them and everything would just grow nice and smooth. And then the reality is you're screaming and yelling at your kids left and right. You're constantly frustrated. You're constantly agitated. You are completely the opposite of what you thought you were going to be. Do you relate with that? My friend, when I became first a mom, I thought I was going to be this patient, calm mom. Little did I know, a few kids in, these sides of me started to come out that I never thought I had. I was constantly reacting to my days and to my children and feeling agitated, on edge, frustrated, raising my voice often. And I knew that something had to change. I knew that that is not how I wanted to continue to create memories with my kids. Having them remember me as a frustrated, agitated mom, constantly yelling at them. And I know you're coming back to this episode because you probably listened to part one of how to stop yelling at your kids. And originally I thought of, I was just going to do one episode. And then as I was doing more research and listening to more podcasts and re- learning more things about this, I thought I could do a follow-up episode going deeper into this topic. So here we are to part two on how to stop screaming, yelling, and shouting at your kids. Before we get into the episode, I want to invite you to a completely free meetup that I'm doing this Friday. Yes, this week on Friday, May 12th, it's a Zoom meetup for podcast listeners. You, yes, you who is listening to my podcast right now, you are invited. I would love to see you, to connect with you, to see your face. We can chat. You can ask me questions. I have a few questions that I want to ask you. There's no selling. It's just me hanging out with you and getting to know you better and how I can serve you better moving forward and the kind of questions I can answer in my further podcasts moving forward. I cannot wait to see you. The link is in the show notes. Sign up. Let's hang out. Bring your favorite drink. Ask your husband to put the kids to bed 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'll see you there. Did you ever tell yourself that, well, if only my kids listened to me, then I wouldn't have to yell. It's their problem. They are the issue. They are the ones that are making me yell. The truth and the reality is that no one can make you do anything. 
realistically, unless they're putting a gun to your head. And even then, no one can really make you do anything. It's a choice that we are choosing to live by. And sometimes it feels like we're not choosing it. Sometimes it feels like we are out of control. That's because we are. And so when it comes to yelling, it happens as an automatic reaction. Most of the time, it's because we're feeling out of control. And and in order to get our power back, what do we do? We yell and scream. And why do we continue to do it? Well, because it kind of works in the moment. We get this fear into our children. We've trained them to listen to us when we are yelling and it becomes this new norm in our family and we keep yelling and repeating this pattern again and again. And I go a little bit more into depth why we yell in the first episode um, in part one. So go back and to listen to part one, the one right before this episode. So when we yell and scream and get that emotion out, like super intense emotion out, it actually moves out of our body. And it does help us feel better a little bit in the moment because it's literally releasing that negative energy. So we're like breathing in and then we're breathing out and we're screaming. And it's like, it's the opposite of regulating. It's the opposite of calming yourself. But it does help us feel a little bit better in the moment. So if you are that type of person that needs like that intense release of intense emotion, maybe it's okay for you, if possible. If you are in a position where your kids are not listening, you're so frustrated, it's okay to release that emotion in a healthy way instead of at your children just remove yourself from situation and release that anger and frustration into a pillow. You can go to your car and scream over there, ask for a moment, say, I need five minutes to myself, 10 minutes to myself. Don't talk to mom. And you can go scream in that car by yourself. That's not something I typically do, but if you have that intense emotion and you really need to release it through your vocal cords, that is a safe way to do it without taking it out on your kids. But today we're going to be talking a lot about mindset. How do you change your thoughts and your perspective and your lens so then you see things from a different lens, you change your thoughts, you change your feelings, and you change the way you respond. And then I will also give you tools how to get your kids to cooperate and to listen because the biggest thing is my kids are not listening, right? I'm yelling because my kids are not listening. How can I get my kids to listen? So I'll share some tools with you as well, how you can get your kids to cooperate and be more likely to listen to you. Again, I will circle all this back to what I always teach over and over again is if you are in a bad place emotionally yourself, if you're stressed out, if you're overwhelmed, if you're burned out, running and empty, you have unmet needs, you have no support, you're trying to do everything all yourself without asking for help because while well, your mindset is I got to do it all myself, you will have such a harder time implementing everything I teach because if you're run down, burned out, your brain doesn't have the energy to create these new thoughts and to emotionally regulate. It's going to feel a thousand times harder. So please go back to those episodes that I talk on in part one. I have them linked in the show notes of how to stop yelling part one. And over there, I have episodes that will tell you about proactive ways to support yourself so then you're less reactive to begin with. And there's still that in the moment, the strategies like moving forward, how can we change our mindset to respond 
differently and change those poor automatic habits of reacting okay so oftentimes we think our kids are the problem they are the ones that are making me yell have you ever thought about it let's say you want to do something and your kids are not letting you you set your mind on something for example to take a bath and your kids are just not having that evening they're not cooperating you have this expectation in your head it's not turning out the way you want it to do so you start raising your voice and you start getting super frustrated and you start yelling at your kids to get them to do what you want them to do right or your kids are doing something that you're telling them not to do let's say they created a mess or they broke something and then you're freaking out and you're screaming and yelling at them you know like I do sometimes yell at my kids when it's like a safety issue like of course it's like some of it is like you don't even like um you don't think about it it just happens I'm just talking about like the type of yelling I'm talking in these episodes is the ones that it's like your norm. You're constantly reacting. You're constantly raising your voice. You're yelling left and right. You're even screaming at the top of your lungs, okay? We're talking about this type of yelling and screaming. I've heard this phrase said before by another influencer, and she said, you can decide not to yell anymore. It's a decision that you make moving forward remove that identity from yourself oh i'm a yeller you decide that you will not yell anymore the thing is i think that's a great starting point and what is your intention what are you going to do instead how are you going to respond differently here's the thing I've talked about it in the previous episode a little bit, but I'm going to review this here. We have automatic reactions that are like a habit in our brain. It's pathways that are ingrained in our brain and it's normal to us. Those thoughts are normalized to us and so brain wants to protect yourself and it wants to reserve energy and it does what is easy and familiar and it goes back to its default setting. So if your default is to yell and it's your automatic when you are frustrated, when you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed out, your brain keeps wanting to go back to what is familiar, even though it's not hopeful, even though you know it's in the long run destructive and it's not serving you in order to respond differently and have like a way to you for you to be more patient and calm. That takes a lot of focus and energy from your thinking part of the brain and if you are run down and exhausted it's going to feel so much harder to do why because all your energy is going to the fact that you're exhausted and tired yes you can still overpower that with some of your mindset and we'll talk about that i'm just telling you the proactive stuff is so important taking care of yourself taking care of your basic needs your emotional needs your spiritual needs is so so crucial to set yourself up for success okay so if your brain thinks that yelling works though it's not good but your your brain will automatically go to it in the heat of the moment because it remembers it from previous experiences so when it you feel out of control your brain wants to go to what's familiar to feel back in control and it goes back to its default and so that is the survival part of the brain or kind of like emotional slash survival part of the brain it does what is immediate and it does what is easy which means it just goes to what is familiar and what is immediate in the heat of the moment how many times do we know that like eating sugar and just watching tv vegging out is 
not good for us in the long run, but it's so familiar. It is so easy to do. We just go back to it. It's a default. It's like this habit that we do. Same thing here in the brain. You have to retrain your brain to respond differently, to create new pathways, which does take energy and does work. So if somebody says, oh, just stop yelling at your kids. I'm sorry. It's not that easy. I'm just telling you right here, I'm teaching you all the tools, but I need you to understand this takes a lot of work and effort, yet it's still possible. You have the responsibility as a mom to change generational patterns. No one else is going to do it for you. And if you are struggling, if you are not in a good place yourself, the best thing that you can do for your kids is to support yourself and to get in a better place yourself. And that is seeking support and leaning on God. Those are the things that you need to do. Okay. So when we are in our survival part of the brain, when we are reactive, it is driven by fear. Okay. And it wants to protect us. And that's raising our voice and feeling back in control is a way for your brain to try to protect yourself. So in order to respond differently and practice that it's literally like creating a new language in your head in your mind it's same thing when it comes to emotional regulation like all of this is all super related and connected but in order to respond differently you need to learn literally a new language in your brain and create a new pathway here's a few tricks that i've learned from other podcasters something that you could use that could be helpful for you one of them is pretending that someone you know is next to you like a neighbor or a pastor someone is watching you because you know this at the park you don't yell and scream at your kids in public you respond differently why because people are watching so if you pretend that there's someone that's watching you while you're trying to get out the door with your kids or your kid just broke something and you are just super frustrated and you want to overreact pretend that someone's watching you and you might respond differently another one is visualize yourself responding calm so if you just take a moment take a breath and visualize how you want to respond instead of reacting that's another way and we'll talk about ways to respond differently like what are some things that you can actually do also um, here's a few proactive things i already talked about this in the other episode but i want to mention them again get off your phone get off social media delete those apps off your phone why because when you are multitasking and your brain is spread in multiple different directions and you're overstimulated, you're way, 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 way more likely to overreact. Maybe part of the reason you're constantly yelling at your kids is because you're on your phone so much and you're constantly scrolling and you want that dopamine hit and your kids are annoying you and agitating you, okay? Maybe it's not even your kids. Maybe it's that little device in your pocket, okay? Another one is maybe you're literally multitasking, doing too many things at once and that's where you're overreacting, okay? I talked about some more more proactive strategies in part one. Go back to it. Also, you need to have white space in your days in order to give your space room to calm down when you are agitated. 
you need to have space, white space in your days and weeks in order to decompress, in order to allow room for things not to go your way, in order to allow room for your kids to be children. Because if you don't have that space in your weeks and you're constantly rushing and going, 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 you will find yourself super, super reactive and easily agitated and easily raise your voice. Hey friend, so you want to be more patient with your kids, but you feel like it's so hard and you wake up reacting to your days. So much frustration on a daily basis. Listen, my Emotionally Healthy Mom course will teach you how to get to the root of your stress, how to control your controllable stressors. I will teach you how to prioritize your needs without guilt. I will show you how to calm your nervous system and communicate your emotions and needs in a healthy way. Let's make motherhood a place you enjoy living in and set a positive example for your kids and not a place of survival and dread. So come into Emotionally Healthy Mom course so I can show you how to ditch the overwhelm, burnout, and stress so you can become a patient and calm mama for your children the link is in the show notes to sign up use discount code mom 50 to get 50 percent off the course sale ends on mother's day this year gift your kids a mom who is a peaceful presence in her home now let's come back to how can you change your mindset in the heat of the moment how can you change your mindset so I would say it is so important to choose ahead of time what is going to be your thought and first recognize what your thoughts are because it's so pretty important to know what your thoughts are. And then when you recognize what your thoughts are, it's like, what are you going to choose? What is the next thought moving forward? So for example, let's say if you're telling yourself, I'm so tired, I have way too much to do. I'm so hungry. Why are my kids are like this? I'm running late. What will people think if I show up late? You're turning your adult problem, your mindset, the struggles that you're dealing with, and you're putting it on your kids and you're taking it out on them. It's not them. You are the one who's struggling in that moment, okay? So you get to decide now what to think and how to respond. And you need to choose a life-giving thought, okay? So when we first get a thought in our brain, they come automatically. So if your thought is, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted, I have too much on my plate to do, that comes in your mind automatically. Now, that is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is what are you going to do with that thought? Are you going to dwell on that thought? Or are you going to change that thought? Because the Bible tells us we need to take our thoughts captive. So are you going to capture that thought and reframe it and create a new life-giving thought? Okay, so if it's at all possible, take a pause, okay? If your kid broke something, if obviously unless it's like an emergency, you can't, but so many things we think are emergency, but they're not really emergencies. So if it's possible to take a pause, take a moment, take a pause, And tell yourself, I have all the patience that I need. This is not an emergency. I can give myself space. I can handle this moment. God, please help me respond with compassion and kindness to my child. Or I am choosing to build my patience right now. I can practice being a loving mom right now. This is my chance to be the mom that I want to be for my kids. Those 
are examples of life-giving thoughts that you can choose instead of the negative thoughts. Most of our thoughts are negative. I think it's like 90% of our thoughts are negative, the ones that are automatic and they come to our mind. You don't have to look for them. They just show up. So your job is to capture them and say, yes, it's true. I am tired. I am exhausted. And this is my chance to be the mom I want to be for my kids. Friend, you're still going to have your moments where you lose your cool and scream at your kids. All of us have been there. I still have my moments like that too. And we can continue to work on ourselves to keep improving and making little positive changes moving forward and again and again and again, okay? Here are a few mindset shifts that you will find helpful that will reduce your frustrations to begin with. So if you think to yourself, my child is purposely trying to make my life difficult, he's annoying me and resisting me on purpose, then you will be more frustrated and more likely to yell. But if you think instead, what does my child need in this moment? What is going on? Why is it really hard for him to put on his shoes? How can I support him in this moment? There's a reason why he's not cooperating. If you think thoughts like this, you will see things from a different lens of compassion and understanding versus frustration. Also, another mindset shift that I learned from um, Kelly Hutchinson and on her podcast, but she was talking about seeing your child as a child of God, that this is not your child. This is a child of God and you will treat them differently. Uh, same thing. She's, she's one of the things she said, she's like, other kids don't trigger us as much. Why? Because they're not our kids. And think about like your own children. I'm babysitting them. Like I'm disattaching from them. And so that way, when you're disattached from them, because you feel like you're thinking the mindset, this is God's child. This is not my child. This is God's child. You will treat them differently. That might be a great mindset shift for you. Um, I haven't ever thought about it that way, but now that it like she brought it up, I'm like, hmm, this is a really interesting thought. Also, when kids resist, oftentimes it's because they are emotionally not in a good place okay so let's make a plan how will we will handle resistance and not cooperation and kids not listening and how you will respond without yelling know what you're going to do differently make a plan ahead of time okay so if your kids don't do your chores and you have to constantly nag them again and again and again to do their chores well maybe you need to sit down and have a conversation with them and have your kids come up with consequences that you and them agree upon so that way when they don't do your chore their chores then you let's say maybe you do their chore and you pay yourself instead of paying them for that chore. Or maybe you ask their sibling to do the chore and then you pay the sibling whatever the allowance was. Or like they get to lose their electronics for a day or whatever it is. Like, or, you know, maybe, you know, they don't get treats or something like that for a little while because that's what they chose. Because that's the consequence they chose and they were part of that decision. That way it will reduce some yelling. Another few things that, you know, will be helpful is if you want your kids to listen is come up to them, give them a physical touch, put a hand under their shoulders, look into their eyes, get down on their level when you speak to them. When you do that, they're a lot more likely to listen versus you yelling at them across the room. 
Another one is you can give them a choice. Do you want to put on green pajamas or blue pajamas right now? Do you want to hop like a bunny to your room or do you want to um, stomp like an elephant? Do you want to brush your teeth on your own or do you want me to help you brush your teeth? You know, still get them to do what they need to do, but give them a choice. If they say neither, because that's one of my kids, he's like, neither. I don't want to do neither. I'm like, okay, if you're having a hard time choosing, I will help you choose. No, no, no. I want to choose. So when they choose, they kind of feel empowered and more in control in the situation. So that is another one. Make it a game. Make it fun for them. You know, can you brush your teeth standing on your on one of your feet, you know, or do Simon Says or something to get them to do it more fun. Um, another one is when they're like whining and complaining, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you're getting really frustrated. Another phrase that I say is nothing else is going to get done until you finish with this chore. Can I watch TV? Can I do this? Can I do that? I don't want to do it. Nothing else is going to get done until you're completed with your homework. Can I go play with my friend? I already answered your question. Nothing else is going to get done until this is completed. I have like your go-to phrases that you go to. Um, so another one is, I think I already, I added that one is when you give them a choice, do you want to do it yourself or do you want me to help you? It still needs to get done. Do you want to put on the shoes yourself or do you want me to help you? Sometimes they'll choose you. Maybe if they're having a hard moment, um, Make it like you are on the same team with them. You're not against them. You're trying to work with them. Also, like use empathy. I know you really don't feel like going to school today. You're having a really hard morning and I'm going to help you. And it's time to go to the car. And I'm right here. I got you. I know. I understand. It's so hard, buddy. I get it. And we're going to keep going. Like my daughter the other day, I was buckling her into her, her car seat as we were going to pick up the boys from school. Well, the day before that, I let her sit in the passenger seat in the front to just, you know, as we were parked in the car and she just wanted to sit and it was super fun for her. And so now she thought that she gets to sit in the passenger seat as we were going to pick up the brothers and she was completely resisting me and she was having this big meltdown and I'm like, I know. I know you really want to sit in the front. You really wish you could sit in the front and I mean, you need to go get the brothers and I'm going to buckle you right now. So as you're speaking it, you're seeing it from a lens of empathy instead of frustration, instead of screaming and yelling at her, sit down, buckle in your seat. I could do that. And I've done that with my kids before with lots of frustration. But if I speak empathy out loud, I'm able to see it from her lens and it is less frustrating for me. Another one is giving your kids one or two direct commands and have them repeat it back to you. Sometimes we, this is me, I totally do this. I give them too many instructions at the same time and oftentimes kids just get confused and they don't follow any of them. So give them one instruction and then you say, what did mama say? What do you need to do right now? And have them repeat it back to you. And they're more likely to listen and cooperate. That doesn't mean they do it 100% of the time, but they're more likely. Another one is like, in order for my kids to stay on task and to continue without me nagging them so much, I could oftentimes, um, how do we make it more fun? I know you don't feel like doing your chores. How can we make it more fun? Do you want to listen to your favorite playlist? Your favorite song? 
Do you want to listen to a podcast? You know, do you want to stand on one foot or do it with one one of your eyes closed? Do it a little bit more fun and engaging. Part of the reason kids resist things is because they're boring and not fun to do. So here's the thing. You really cannot control your kids, but you can influence there and influence them. And if you want to change generational patterns, it starts with you. If you want to change yelling patterns in your family, it starts with you. You cannot control your spouse. You cannot control your kids. But what you can do is control yourself and your own reactions. So if you set the home environment with minimal yelling and more peace and calm, your kids will be attracted to that in the future and their future spouse. And in the future relationships, if they get into a relationship where there's a ton of yelling and screaming and hurtful words that are said, it's going to be really unfamiliar to them. And they're going to be more likely to leave that relationship because they see that it's unsafe. So create that safe environment at home. And my friend, if you are really struggling with this, if you're resonating with this and you are thinking, oh my goodness, I'm a yeller, I'm a screamer, I hate that this is who I am, I hate the mom that I've become, I'm constantly frustrated, I'm constantly angry, reactive with my kids, I want to let you know that there's hope for you. I'm here to support you. You are not doomed for life. You're not stuck. There is hope at the end of the tunnel for you, my friend. And with God's help and support, it is completely possible to break those generational patterns. Just listening to this podcast is a start. My friend, if you are looking for further support, book a coaching call with me in the show notes. You can book a 45-minute coaching call. And if not, continue to listen to this podcast. That's why it's here for. If you're not in a place to invest, I understand And if you're ready to make some changes and transform the way you do motherhood for your kids, not just for yourself, but for your kids and change generational patterns, I invite you to book a call with me in the show notes, 45 minute coaching call. I offer also Voxer support where I check in with you for another week after that to make sure you're implementing what you're learning. Two last reminders before you go. Sign up for that podcast meetup. I cannot wait to connect with you. Cannot wait to see your face and get to learn more about you happening this Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I would love to see you, friend. And the other one is don't forget that Emotionally Healthy Mom course is at 50% off for Mother's Day. And you can add on Voxer coaching option to have eight weeks of additional one-on-one coaching with a voice messaging app with me. I keep you accountable, answer more questions. If this is something that you need, my friend, if you bought courses and you did not follow through or implement it, then this is for you, that extra support and accountability. Link in the show notes. The discount code is MOM50 to get your 50% off the Emotionally Healthy Mom course. Hi, friend. Did you learn something new or found value in this episode? If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with one Christian mama friend who has young kiddos and could benefit from this message? Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word and grow this podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, would you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so I know that this content is helpful and I can continue to create more episodes. This is really the only way for me to know that you are blessed by this podcast. I'll see you soon, my friend. God bless you.